So here's the downside. If I sit next to you in church and you can sing, I'm going to volunteer you. <laughs> Maybe Kim or Val. It was not Kim. <laughs> so, uh, man, we are glad you are here. Uh, this morning we're going to continue our series called I Can Relate. And it's about relationships. And if you've been here for a few weeks, then you know that we started off this uh, series talking about our identity and who we see ourselves in relation to who God is and how he sees us. And as we did that, we try to bridge this gap and step away from our um, identity, identity being so wrapped up in, in our ideas. And that if you cannot separate those two, then you'll have a hard time growing, and you'll have a hard time having good and healthy relationships. And so what we're going to do today is, since we've talked about our identity and who we are in Christ, and that being a good foundation, the, only, the best foundation for relationships, and last week we talked about the only two groups of people there are in the world, and those are people who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and those are people who don't, and how those of us who do know Christ as our Savior, how should we be relating to those other folks. And today we're going to move closer. This entire series, we've started far away and we will continually move closer to the people around us. And so today we're going to talk about friendships. And uh, so we've moved from kind of far away to the people that are getting a little bit closer to you. Uh, we understand the word friend means a bunch of different things. I know there are people in my life that would consider me one of their best friends, even though I don't consider them that. And you have the same. And that's not a, a slight on them or anything else. We just know that that's a truth. And so today we're going to talk about friendships. And we're going to start this, um, sir, this talk today um, from the idea of um, possibly, arguably, one of the top, certainly in the top ten best movies of all time. <laughs> there are a handful of movies as if when they come on TV, I watch them. That's Tombstone, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Elf, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And so, what? You're dead to me. Okay, so we're going to watch a clip today, and it'll make sense to you, I, I promise, very, very quickly. Um, and I want you to watch and enjoy this clip, because we're going to talk about friendships and relationships this morning. That was my hair. There, we're in a tight spot. Damn, we're in a tight spot. What in the Sam Hill? Pete's cousin turned us in for the bounty. The hell you say? Walsh is Kim. Sorry, Pete. I know we're Kim, but they got this depression on. How I got to do for me and mine? I'm gonna kill you, Judas Iscariot. You miserable, horse-eating son of a... Damn, we're in a tight spot. Damn, his eyes. Paul always said, never trust a hog wallop. Come and get us, coppers! Paul is leaving us no choice but to smoke you out. Damn, we're in a tight spot. So we're going to start off with just that whole idea of being in a tight spot. Um, so, so if you've seen this movie, and maybe you picked up on it, maybe you didn't, uh, but I encourage you to watch it. Their entire relationship is based on deception. 
The entire, those three men, their entire relationship was based on deception. One of them knew it from the beginning, and the other two find out later. And so that scene, um, the, the repeated phrase of, um, damn boys, we're in a tight spot. He says that several times, and you hear that, and you see what's happening, and you and I see that, and we go, well, yeah. So here's, here's the bridge we're going uh, to span very quickly, and that's this. We're all going to be in a tight spot some way or another. Uh, and maybe you're in one now. And if you're, if you're not in one now, maybe you just came out of one. And if you didn't just come out of one, and, you're, and if you're not in one now, there's one coming. Life is going to be difficult, and it's going to be hard. Uh, this morning, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to share a couple personal things that will probably make you uh, uncomfortable, which, again, is your comfortability is not necessarily my main priority. So, um, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you show up in this room and that you desire to pull us in your direction. We thank you that you not only gave us a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, but you've intended for us as believers to share life together. And we understand that that's difficult and it's painful and it's sticky and it's hard at many, many times, but it's also fantastic and it's also life-giving and it's also at times, the wind in our sails, and we thank you that you allow us to be together. And so we ask this morning that you would speak to our hearts, that you would not only draw us to you, but you would draw us together. We ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus, and we all said, Okay, so, friendships are the most horrible and fantastic thing in our lives on any given day. They just are. Uh, You have friendships that have spanned some of you your entire lives. You've known known people, some of your best friends now, have been your best friends since kindergarten. Uh, And and that changes some because our our culture is much more mobile now and much more transient in many ways. But you also have friendships that you thought were something and they turned out to be significantly less. And that's okay. Uh, I, because I didn't want to overload you with clips today, I've decided not to show the clip of Medea, um, which is, which has become, (laughs) thank you, yeah, 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 so, but I will share with you enough of it that you remember this context, and if you've never heard it, then this will give you at least a taste so that you can look it up on your own, not during the sermon. So the, the clip is, uh, and I don't think this is uh, original to Tyler Perry, but this is the only place I've ever seen it or read it. And so Medea, his character, is sitting on the couch, and she's talking to a young man who was de- devastated over a relationship that had fallen apart. And he said, you know, a lot of people get in trouble in their And Medea says a lot of people get in trouble in their lives because they take a person who is only meant to be in their lives for a season, they try to make them be there forever. And we get in a lot of trouble in that way in relationships. And she says... You know, there's only really three kinds of people in our lives. There's leaf people, and there's branch people, and there's root people. And the leaf people, there's a lot of them, just like there's a lot of leaves on a tree, and they come and they go, and they come and they go in seasons. They're not there forever. And when the season changes, those people are gone. I am a leaf person to a lot of people, and so are you. We're not talking about whether they're good people or bad people. We're just talking about the nature of relationships. And so... 
There's those leaf people who come and go all the time. And we do get in a lot of trouble and make horrible relationships decisions because we have people who are leaf people and we try to make them others. And they're not. They're just leaf people. That's not that they're bad people. It's not. Sometimes they're just leaf people. That's okay. But there's a lot of them, and they come and go. And when seasons change, they're only in our lives for a season. We need to stop trying to make leaf people into other kinds of people. We know that I come and go in people's lives, and you come and go in people's lives. Not everybody you ever have met in your entire life is there now. They're not. And that's okay. Some people should stick around. And she says, and so there's branch people also. That's going to be a problem. I mean, probably for me, because I'll hit it, knock it over. And, um, and so there's branch people. And branch people, there's fewer of them. And those are a little stronger, and they last a little bit longer than the leaf people. And sometimes the problem with branch people is you don't know how strong of a branch they are until you're out on them. Branch people are a tougher gig because they are there longer. And you are more familiar. And once you begin to lean on them or put your weight on them, you don't know how strong they are until you need them to be strong. And sometimes they bear up under the weight of your life, and then sometimes they don't. And sometimes you and I bear up under the weight of somebody else's life, and sometimes I don't. So there's branch people in our lives. And there's a few of them, but there's still quite a few. There's still quite many. And then there's the root people. There's not many of them. There's not. Root people, typically, um, number five or less in your life and in my life. Root people most likely are choices you make. You've chosen a root person in your life, and somebody has chosen you to be a root person. Some of my root people are in this room. Some of mine live far away. Some of mine pastor churches in this area. Root people aren't necessarily seen all the time by everybody else. Most of you have seen my best friend once or twice. Jacob Nance is one of my root people. Absolutely. I talked to him this morning. By text. And I just sent him a text and said, man, I love you. And he replied back and said, man, I love you too. Are you doing okay? Have a great day. Um, Call me later. When he moved, I cried. Devastated me in many ways. Jacob Nance is one of my root people. David Hall, who many of you know, and if you have not, you will. Um, David Hall is one of my root people. Now, he's old enough to be my dad. He has sons my age. Now, if you were to ask David Hall today, he would say that Will Stevens is his best friend. David Hall is absolutely one of my root people. I talk to David about my sermons all the time. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about saying. Is this stupid? <laughs> right. I, do, I kid you not. David would stand here and tell you this stuff like, hey, here's the idea I had. Is that good theology? Because this is, just because I've been taught something my whole life doesn't make it right. And so I bounce ideas off of him, and I bounce this sermon idea off of him. And, and I says, okay, hold on, think about this, and think about this. And I say, okay, slow down and talk English so I can write this down. Um, because if you've been around David, you know this. Like many people with foreign accents, it doesn't matter what they say, it's smart. <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. They're reading a box of cereal, and you're going, oh, let me take notes. Right? So I, in, in, in every waitress we ever go to, everywhere will just I'll order and she looks at him because she wants to hear him talk and I'm like hey why don't you just order my food so we can get this ball rolling right okay so I have some fantastic root people in my life now what I've what I figured out is that root people are typically people I choose 
I don't necessarily choose leaf people, and I don't necessarily choose all the branch people, but root people absolutely get chosen by you and by me. Absolutely. And they are their permanent fixtures in my life, and they will be for the rest of my life. You know that about you, and I know that about me. So as we navigate through those people and those relationships, um, they're difficult. They're difficult, and they're difficult for different reasons. Root people um, relationship problems are more closely related to, to the verse that's going to be on the screen here, which is from Proverbs. And he says, iron sharpens iron, so one person or one friend sharpens a friend, so that we sharpen each other. Now, here's where the root person comes into play. Because if you've ever sharpened anything in your entire life, it requires friction. And friction always carries with it heat. When you sharpen a knife, and if you're a hunter, you've sharpened knives all the time, right? I slice the daylights out of my fingers sharpening a knife. Like, dude, I'm 48 years old. How are you still doing that? I am smarter than that. It requires things to be knocked off. Now, root people are the people that sharpen you because they cause friction in your life. And they sharpen you and you sharpen them. And that is not fun most of the time. It's just not. It's painful and it's difficult. And um, so I told you I was going to tell you some personal stuff and I'm going to do that now. I've been alone most of my life. I was married for 26 years. I was alone most of my life. It has nothing to do with my ex-wife. Absolutely nothing. It has more to do with me and my baggage and my luggage. And I understand this. I made this comment to somebody recently. We just happen to buy our luggage at the same store. So some of you in this room, you have bought your luggage the same place I got mine, right? And it's identical. It matches. It's all three pieces and a backpack, and you've got the shoes that go with it. And I mean, that, it, so we have a lot of the same baggage and a lot of the same luggage. And so for me in my life, I, I was totally unaware of some of that stuff until this past year. And this past year is the hardest year of my entire life. Absolutely the hardest year for reasons you know and for reasons you don't know. It's the absolute, absolutely most hard, the, the hardest year of my entire life. What I know is this, that a couple years ago, God allowed me to be a part of a Monday men's group for, with men in this church. Um, so, <laughs> we're talking about root people. We're talking about iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. I would like to tell you this. If we're not for my Monday men's group, I would not be alive today. Just wouldn't be. Because I, I have sat with them and I've said, let me tell you the puke of my life. And that absolutely has been the thing that God has used to keep me alive. Absolutely. Maybe that's not something you want to know about me. It's too late. So, um, last year, just before May, my life was really hard for a bunch of reasons. And um, in, my, in my group, I... They looked at, and I cannot, I would not share anything that these men said. I can only share you what I say. Just like celebrate recovery. I can tell you what I say. I'd never tell you what anybody else says. So in, in our group, I just said, you know, man, here's, here's, here's what this week was like. And they said, well, okay, 
Now you understand the men in my group, but I can name all of them. It doesn't really matter. It's not, rel it's not relevant at this moment. But I obviously feel safe telling you that then because our job is to iron sharpens iron, so as one friend sharpens another. And so I said, you know, here's what's going on, and here's what this week was like. And, and none of them were like, holy crap, you can't be our preacher. But I think that. I think that. And so the very next Sunday, in the, in the old place where we used to meet, they said, hey, we want to talk to you. Now, as I go to the back of the room where we all used to meet, and they're standing there, I'm going, I, 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 in my head, I'm going, this is not going to be good. Because what I just puked up on them, this is not going to be good. And so this group of men gather around me, and they pray over me, and they hand me an envelope of cash. Because they had asked me in that Monday men's group, what do you need? And I said, you know what I really need is to go see my friend. I need to go see Jacob. That's what I need. And so that the very next Sunday, they gather around me, pray over me, and hand me an envelope of money, and they say, you need to get on a plane and go see your friend. So Will is crying, because Will cries a lot. And, and my immediate move is to say, no, I can't take this. And so Serp and Morgan and a hand others go, this is non-negotiable. Do not give this money back. Don't be a jerk. Because that's what Will could do too. So um, most of my life I've been alone. And there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. And, you know, my mother sits in this room and, she, and there are parts of my mother and I that are very similar. And so there's stuff I do not say in front of you because my mother sits in this room. But I know that my mother carries baggage, and somehow, and there's just like every one of us, that some of that baggage is mine. And I know that about me. I didn't always know that about me, sadly. And so we talk about relations this time in our lives so that you know more about you and I know more about me. And so that, um, so that we are no longer who we used to be and we no longer allow who we were to, make, to, to impact who we will be in a negative way. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do not let who you were make you into something you should not be. Write that down. Do not let who you were make you into something you should not be. Cut it loose. A few years ago, I, I, I preached a sermon. This was a totally Holy, Holy Spirit thing. And I said, our problem is that we dig shallow graves for the things that we die to. And so when you die to something, you dig this nice shallow grave and you sprinkle some dirt on it so that you can go dig it up. we got to stop digging shallow graves. Dig deep graves, and that's where your relationships come into play. That you have to have the right people in your context that will take a shovel with you and dig a deep, deep hole like in Step Brothers, and you... <laughs> And you wrap it in a rug, and you throw it in a hole. Thank you, Laura Heron. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you should be embarrassed about watching that movie. I'm just saying. And that's another movie when it's on, I watch it. I do not recommend it. Children, Uncle Will, let's stop. Uncle Will says don't watch that. Um, so speaking of children, I want to remind you that next Sunday, all of our kids will be in this room with us, except for nursery age. So next Sunday, they will be in this room, and, and we'll talk about why that's a big deal in future sermons in the series. But um, iron sharpens iron, and so one friend sharpens another. Now, the difficult thing with that is we tend to want to move away from challenging relationships. I don't mean... Um, Man, people suck the life out of it, and, and they're takers, and you got to kind of put some distance. I think that's very, very healthy. Um, but I mean people that are authentically God has brought into our lives to help us change. 
You know, how many of you have stepped away from church because life was hard? Maybe you're gone for a month or a week or however long, but you kind of got away because life was hard. Where the thing you needed the most was be here. Not because of anything I'm going to say, but because of what God does is in this building. And so we, we'll, we tend to step away for a little bit when a, a relationship challenges us. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. I have a very funny story about this. I think I may have told you I can't repeat all of it because there's a word in it that I should not say in church. But Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is how you pronounce that. Um, I'll tell you the story later. Um, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. And a a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. It's important to be together, and it's important to have the right people in your context. It's important to have those root kind of relationships. It's also important to have the branch relationships and the leaf relationships. All of those are important. We are better together. I did not always believe that. I did not always believe that. A good part of my life because I, I learned to not trust people. I learned not to rely on people. And that, that has, that, because of that reality in my life, I hurt relationships. And, and I kept people away that God was trying to get closer to me. And I just made horrible choices about a lot of things in my life because of that lie that I believed. And some of you understand that. And some of you have, have seen that in some ways it is easier to be totally alone and to keep people away. But it is also more devastating to be totally alone. Now, having said that, let me say this. I would rather be alone for the right reasons than with somebody for the wrong ones. Now, we say that, and it sounds really nice, and it sounds like, oh, let me write that down, because, you know, John Maxwell said, I I know somebody probably really smart, maybe Bob Marley said that, I don't know. (laughs) But, But what I know is this, that is a true statement. But we, we fear being alone. And, and by that I mean romantically. And we'll talk about that later in future, in future talks. But um, we are intended to share life together. You know, Paul Simon said, I'm a rock and I'm an island and nobody touches me. Oh, what a shame. My life is, I say this in all sincerity, my life is better because you are in it. We don't. I wasn't talking about you, whoever said that. No, just kidding. (laughs) Welcome to One Hope. No, just kidding, Nancy. I love you. Uh, So uh, I really mean that. We don't always like each other. We don't always say things that make each other feel warm and fuzzy. If you stay here long enough, I will hurt your feelings. Not in a biblical sense, just because I wasn't paying attention. And maybe you helped or you served and I didn't notice that. Or, or maybe I was just, I had a crappy day and I was not nice or respectful to you. And I, I will hurt your feelings. And you will hurt mine. So, we are better together. We are stronger together. 
We work better together. And I'm hard to work with and work for. And some of you wade into that water because you're heavily medicated. That is the only possible reason that can exist. I know me. And so I am humbled and I love the fact that you guys serve and you plug in and, and you, you use the gifts that God has given you. And, and it is so much easier when we are all together and we all get so much more done. And, and when you serve in children's church and the things that you do for those kids and, and with those kids and you have a helper or somebody else there, how much easier that is and the value that it brings to your life. And when your kids see you serve, you, maybe you wonder why your kids are selfish. Do they see you give your life away to other people with nothing in return? Do they see you serve? Do they see you love? Do they see that in you? Are you teaching them to do those things? No, see, we stop and help people. That's what we do. So I think it's, I, I know I told some of you last week um, after lunch with this friend of mine, we walked out of this restaurant, one of my favorite, one of my favorite places to eat because they have chicken livers, and they're fantastic. Jesus eats there all the time. So, so, and some of you have eaten there. We've eaten there together. It's great, great food. And so we walk out, and there's a kid changing the tire. And uh, he's a tall, skinny, black kid. And so I was walking out the park, and I said, hey, do you need help, or you got that handled? And he said, man, I need help. And his eyes are big. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. So we get to, we, it took us a while, and we still couldn't get the tire off. So I said to this guy, I said, well, let's go, up this, let's go up to this gas station, and we'll see if they have an air tank, and we'll borrow this air tank. And the, here's me and my life experience. I'm thinking, well, kid, you've got to go with me. Because if you walk in the store, they're not going to help a young black kid. Just probably not. I said, well, you come with me. So we go up, get the tank, come back. And he just hit a pothole. So it didn't puncture his tire. It just broke the seal. So we were able to. And when it, when, if you've ever put a tire back on like that, when that seal catches, it's loud. It's, I mean, I jumped and he jumped and we thought somebody shot us. And um, so... So that's, I understand you are all like that. And when you see somebody that needs help, you help them. It doesn't have to, you, there's nothing in it for you. And, and we're the same way, and that is this church culture. That is simply what we do. I'm not, I, I understand I'm preaching to the choir in most sense. So I'm out last night, and Evan calls me, and he goes, Hey, uh, what are you doing? I tell him, and he goes, Well, I need, to get, I need the air compressor from the house. I'm like, well, what's wrong? He's like, Well, I found somebody, some lady sitting on the road that had four flat tires. And I'm like, where did you learn this? <laughs> in spite of me. In spite of me. So we know that we are better together and we're stronger together. We want much, and those relationships are a part of it. Now let's get a little more... Um, let's get a little, a little more um, deliberate here. Ephesians says this. Is that my next verse? There we go. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful... For building others up according to whose needs? Say it again. Their needs. needs, That it may benefit those who listen. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that people who are not even involved hear that and they benefit from it. So, the words that I use in my relationships, are they helpful? They build each other up. Are they encouraging? Are they challenging? Are they sharpening? Do they do those things? I love words. 
couple days a week, I read the dictionary. I know, that's weird. But I love words. I love words. I love, and that's one of the reasons as a kid I, I, I love to read because that's how I learned to speak in, in new words and different words. And I'd, I'd see a word that I didn't understand, which I didn't know what it meant, and which I still do. And I'll, and I'll, you know, now we're in the age of the internet. You can find anything all the time immediately. And um, are the words that we use breathing life into people? It doesn't mean we don't say hard things. It doesn't mean we, we, we shy away from difficult conversations. But are we saying things that breathe life? So that's my gig, right? I'm a professional speaker, among other things, right? So I, I get the gig. But let me ask you this about me. Do you breathe life into me? Or do you just take from me? This is personal. This is not hypothetical. I'm not trying to tell you a story about your husband. No, I'm saying me, Will Stevens, your pastor. For some of you, I'm the only pastor you've ever known in your entire life. Do you breathe life into me? Or do you gossip about me? Or are you negative about me? Oh, it's quiet. I know the answer about almost everybody in this room. Do you know that? I know who breathes life into me. And you know it too because I gravitate towards you. Because I need life breathed into me. I need somebody to hug me. I need somebody to do that. I absolutely do. So, I love to hug people. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Most of you know that. Not in a creepy way. Um, don't get your hopes up, Brian, sir. Um, no, 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 that's, no, no. Brian, come up here, please. No, quickly, I mean that. I know Brian's sick, and, but... So if you've read any about this stuff at all, there, there's, there, there's a, a psychological and emotional effect to hugging people. Did you know that? Oh, isn't that fantastic? Some of you know this truth. Okay, so um, I was going to have Des come up, but I realized, get up on stage. Uh, and I thought, no, that will be creepy. Okay, so there's this hug. Right? So we all get that hug, right? It's a pat on the back from your Aunt Marg. Um, and I had an Aunt Marg that when she patted you on the back, she smacked your back real hard, right? You had one of those? Okay, she was a smacker. Okay, then there's this hug. Right? <laughs> you are cr- okay. Now stop. I'm t- get up here. Get up. I'm trying to be serious. See, I tried not to be creepy. I, I picked the wrong person. I should have picked Des. I should have picked Des. What's that? Okay, so do you, did you see the difference there? In spite of him, I can't take you. In, I know. I love you. That's two different things. Thank you. Get off my stage. Never again. Some lessons, you only learn the hard way. Right? You know, only, but do you see the difference? There's that thing, and there's an emotional, healing, helpful aspect of that kind of hug. Now, I couldn't hug everybody like that, obviously, um, but I could hug most of you like that. Um, but that thing right there, what that does for you on the inside, I learned that a long time ago. And not because I knew how that impacted other people, but I knew how that impacts me. And so, you know, there, I, I, when I have lunch with some of my friends, and, and this one guy you know, where, whenever we see each other, we kiss each other on the lips. Just do Hug each other and say, man, I'm glad to see you. So we had lunch a couple months ago, and uh, I was on the phone when we were walking in, so I shook his hand. 
So when we, did I tell you guys this story? You know this story? So as we sit down, he said, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay. He said, um, when we were walking in together, I know you're on the phone and blah, 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 but you just shook my hand. He said, you didn't hug me and you didn't kiss me. Now, somebody's listening to this online going, what the <laughs> heck? Um, and I, so I stood up, and he stood up. I kissed him, and I hugged him. I said, man, I'm sorry. I did not mean to. Absolutely. So you will see me in public, totally platonic, kiss my friend. And when he comes here, it's the same thing. When I go to where he is, on, where he works, um, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's not a weird thing for us. And so um, there are people in your life that, man, you, when they hug you, you're like, ah, oh, man, I needed that. I needed that. Now, look, there's not going to be a line up here to try to hug me. You understand? Just, you're creepy. Ryan, just, right? Hands, hands up. Hands up, right? Okay, so um, are we breathing life into people? Are the words we're intentionally using, are they helping? Are they helping? According to what they need, not me. You ever fall into that trap in a relationship? You quickly, for whatever reasons, maybe because life is hard, and you segue into a taker. And you don't know it, and it's, but the more you do it, the more, the more you can. Okay, so we're going to look at a handful of verses here. Um, from the book of Proverbs, and they're, they kind of flow and tie together. Proverbs 27.6 says that wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. See, it's that iron sharpening iron. It's that friend that can wound you, and it's okay, that can say something hard to you. You know who you can say, do these pants make my butt look big? And they say, it's not the pants. It's not the pants. And you know that's okay. Because the, they're like, hey, there's, you sh- if you have to get a permit to carry a firearm, you should have a permit to wear yoga pants in public. <laughs> you know I, it's true. It's just the truth. So those, those wounds from a friend, that seems to be contradictory. Just like the word kisses from an enemy. They seem, they, it feels like those would be switched. But that's exactly the way it should be. That that friend can do that and they're still a friend and probably what you need. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers over an offense. He who covers over an offense. Is this, am I on the right one? I think I am. Proverbs 17.9. I'll read it to you. He who covers over an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Huh. So you probably have people in your life who you cannot make a a mistake around. You've worked in a place where the minute you say something wrong, they're on it like vultures. You make one mistake. um, You work with people who are late all the time. All the time. Right? That's a pet peeve in my life. If you're in my life, we're on time. And by on time, I mean we're 15 minutes early. That's it. Right? We're there ahead of the game and... But you work with people that, that you're late one day, and you have just crucified Christ personally. Right? You're driving there. Man, how can you boot? You take off, or you're sick. 
so we just cannot be the people that multiply those kinds of things. Right? We're the people that go, that say, love covers a multitude of sins. That's it. doesn't mean we excuse any bad behavior, but if you cover everyone's offense, you promote love. Whoever gossips or repeats a matter drives wedges between you. And we know the simple truth that if Dan will gossip about Des to me, Dan will also gossip about me to Mark. Simple. Do not believe anything different than that. You kid yourselves. And I want to believe the best about all people too. But I just know that's the truth. So, how do we approach our friendships? Do we guard them and do we love them and do we make the, the thing that ties us together in friendship the biggest thing? Proverbs 16.28 a, a perverse man or a wicked man or a dissentious man stirs up dissension and gossip separates close friends. We kind of hit that already. Now, our, our, our next verse which our last one? No, it's not our last one. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I know, and I've shared some of this already, that there are times in my life that if I did not have the right people around me, even though if I didn't think they were the right people at the time, and they late, history proved them to be the right people, that my life would have not been what it could have been. And God just allowed the right people around me. And so what I learned from that is this, that I have to be the right people. I have to be that person too. I have to be that guy. I have to be that individual. Um, so next week we're going to talk about Celebrate Recovery in great detail. And I'm going to tell you a, a, a statement that I recently made. And then next week we'll pick up the rest of the story. Um, so Dan is our Celebrate Recovery guy. He's going to raise his hand. That's Dan. Hi, Dan. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yes. Um, so, so what I know is this, and I, and I know a bunch of the background that is irrelevant to you right now in this moment, but it will be relevant later. What I know is this, that Celebrate Recovery, specifically Dan Lester, came to this church to celebrate recovery for me. I know that for a fact. There will be another part of the story next week that's not mine to tell, but I know that for a fact. And I also know that if I had Celebrate Recovery in my life 20 years ago, my life would be different today. And we can say that out of a bunch of things in our lives. And that's why I so love Celebrate Recovery. And I encourage every single one of you to look at your, yourself and think about your hurts, hang-ups, and habits and, and be a part of that um, and, and be a cheerleader for that. Um, but we need those people close to us. Um, and we need those people because life falls apart on a daily basis for most of us. And life is hard on a daily basis for most of us. There's always a conflict. There's always a loss. There's always a, a disappointment. And if we don't have that, that circle, and it doesn't have to be a big circle. I like small circles. I really, really like small circles. Um, I like big circles too. But I, I know that in my life I need the small circle. And maybe that circle's three people, and at times it's obviously seven or eight or twelve, but I know that there are people in my, there in my life that they were born to help me with my adversity. I know that. I absolutely know that. And so do you about your life. So our very last verse, and that a brother is born for adversity, our very last. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So I'm gonna, now I'm going to wrap up with this statement. I believe this statement is talking about Jesus. I really do. It makes the most sense in context. 
So here's, I, I really want to encourage you to, in this way. Do not saddle people in your life with the responsibility of being for you who God says he is the only one he can be. Do you get that? So your husband cannot meet all of your needs. Your wife cannot meet all of your needs. Your, your mom and your dad cannot meet all of your needs. Your pastor certainly cannot meet all of your needs. And you can't meet all of mine. So we have to, we have to keep our relationships in context. Knowing that, th- that they are God-driven and they are great things in our lives, but they are not Jesus. And so I have to know and realize that Jesus is going to be the only answer for a lot of my problems. He's going to be the only rock on which I can stand. He's going to be the only core, source, solid truth in my life at times. Now, I believe that God uses Jessica and Jim and and Jim and and Dan and Betty. I, I believe that God uses us to help each other. But I cannot saddle other people with who God should be to me. And you can't either. And if you try that, you will always, always fail, and you will hurt your relationships. And there's a bunch of big words about that, and Dan will share some of those next week for how we do that to each other. Um, We know each other, right? I mean, for some of you, you have seen me at my worst. And for a lot of you, I have seen you at your worst. And son of a gun, we're still here. We still look at each other and we still put a smile on and we still plug away and we don't quit and we grind it out and that's just what we do. And when we can't go anymore, we go for two more hours. That's just kind of what we do. And that's not a negative thing. That's not a great thing. It's just the thing. And so in our relationships with those people that maybe are, are a little farther than arm's distance and those people who are a little bit closer, leaf branch and root people, um, those are the things that make us who we are. You are the people you associate with. Just are. So associate with good people. Associate with people who love God. Now, I have more friends who don't know Jesus than do know Jesus, believe it or not. But I know that the people who are close to me love God. Love God. And I can call, and I'll talk to Jacob today, and I'll say, tell me what you read. Tell me what the sermon was about today. And he'll he'll be able to tell me all that because I know his heart and he knows mine. Uh, and I'll, I'll just tell him to listen to the sermon. Um, and then he'll call me and say, don't ever use my name again. <laughs> you know, our friendships, our relationships are, can truly be a thing that sharpen us, that push us to look and be and talk more like Jesus. We have to be deliberate. They won't be by accident. So as we go forward in this church, um, as a church family, you know, there'll be some groups that meet on Sunday mornings. Maybe you'll discover or start a group that meets any night of the week. That will determine your spiritual growth. I really want you to know that. That you allow people and that you connect with people and you sharpen people. And you're in a group that, that is a book study or a Bible study. And maybe you're in a group for couples or singles or, or lesbians. or I don't really care. I really don't care. But you be in a group where you open your Bibles and you share and you study and you learn and you connect That will make all the difference, not just in your life, but in the lives of every person that you relate to, every single one. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us and that you can relate to us, and we are humbled by that. Thank you that you allow us to be in this room today and that you allow us to be in each other's lives every day. So help us to think like you, to talk like you, to love like you. Help us to be people that sharpen each other. 
that we are those kinds of human beings and those kinds of God followers. We thank you that you use us to serve you and to serve each other and that you give us this place to do that. We love you and we thank you. And we all said, Amen. Amen.